Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 13. Lucky number 13. It's very ironic that episode 13 is just a few days before Halloween, and that episode 13 will take place the week after a female cinematographer was shot in an accident on the set of a movie called Rust. The person who pulled that trigger was Alec Baldwin. So ladies and gentlemen, we're going to break format today. I know we were talking about writing, and I do want to talk about Samantha Widmer's interview, but uh, this is a teaching moment for all the producers out there. So let's talk about producing this episode because the accident that happened Friday on the set of Rust where the female cinematographer was accidentally killed, this is a teaching moment and it's for anyone out there who wants to be a producer or is a producer and at some point will work with guns, either prop guns or blank guns or real live guns. As a filmmaker, anytime there's a horrible accident like this, it uh, bothers me. It hurts me. I feel bad for everyone involved. Right now, there's there's lots of rumors going around. And uh, if you go to The Wrap, which is a website dealing with movies and entertainment, they say that the crew was plinking. That's what they call it, plinking. And it says, a hobby in which people shoot at beer cans with live ammunition to pass the time. So crew members had guns that were able to shoot live ammunition that morning, and they were shooting at beer cans to pass the time. Really? I'm just having a real hard time with that. I don't know how the producer or the director would condone that. I don't know, man. Maybe maybe I'm too paranoid, but if I was the producer on that set, I would have said no. Typically, there's a position on a movie, the prop master, and the prop master deals with all the props, you know, fake knives, whatever it could be. But on a movie that has weapons like guns, there usually is a armorer. So there was an armorer on this set, and it was a young woman. She had just recently finished work on her very first movie being the head armorer. So her first movie, she worked with Nicolas Cage. So this was her second movie, being an armorer. And typically an armorer will also teach actors how to look authentic with a gun, wear a gun belt, aiming, shooting. So you would think the person would be really, really experienced with guns. Maybe this woman was. I don't know. Her name is Hannah Gutierrez. But besides the fact that they're saying that crew members were using guns with live ammo to shoot at beer cans to pass the time that morning, apparently this armorer handed the gun to the AD, and then the AD handed the gun to Baldwin. And the AD yelled out, cold gun, which means there's no ammo in the chamber. Now, I don't know much about guns, but I can tell you that some guns can have a round in the chamber and you don't know it's there. You can look in the chamber and it looks clear, but the round is actually in the loading mechanism ready to be popped into the chamber. But anyway, back to my point. Uh, I, I don't get why the armorer handed the gun to the AD and then the AD handed the gun to Alec Baldwin. It seems to me the least amount of people to handle a firearm would be the safest way to go. So why didn't the armorer hand the gun to Mr. Baldwin? 
And apparently, there are photographs surfacing from the set of this film that show multiple people handing firearms to actors. Now, I... uh, I, I, I'm just totally flabbergasted by, you know what? I'm not flabbergasted. I'm fucking pissed. What are people thinking? Especially since they had real guns, guns that shot real ammo because the crew was shooting at beer bottles and beer cans. I, I just don't get it. Why do all these people have access to real firearms on a movie set? So, so tell me, how did that, how did that work out? The Armorer, this was her second movie, so she probably doesn't know that many people, if anybody, on the set. So how does that work? The crew just comes to her and says, hey, can we have some guns? Uh, We're bored. We're going to go out and shoot some beer bottles and some uh, cans. Oh, sure. Okay. Here you go. I truly see that happening. You know, if she just wanted to fit in, if she wants to make friends, how many of us have been in that situation? Like all of us. She's not going to say no to a bunch of crew members who want to go out and have fun. She should, but you know, peer pressure is a peer pressure is a powerful thing, and we all know that. Anyone listening to this knows that. So, does the crew go to the producer? And oh, by the way, the producer was Alec Baldwin. Does the crew go to Alec Baldwin and say, "Hey, man, we want to go out and have some fun. You want to join us? Uh, can we get to the guns? Did they even have the guns locked up? Were they just fucking out in the open?" Ah, so that's the second problem I have with this. Some crew members were complaining about the working conditions. Has nothing to do with the crew members shooting the gun. They were talking about uh, housing and, and food and blah, blah, blah. So they walked off the set. Typically, if the camera crew walks off the set or the union members walk off the set, you have to shut down the set for like 24 hours until the problem is resolved. But I guess these producers went out and just hired some people off the street. Now, I don't think that has anything to do with the actual accident, because the armorer didn't walk off, the AD didn't walk off, but it's kind of a Bush League move. Uh, You know, it just rubs me the wrong way. I realize making a movie, the time equals money, but... You know, if your people aren't going to be the most important thing, if the people who work for you are treated poorly by you, I mean, what does that say about you? What's your focus? What's your primary concern? Shouldn't it be about the people who are sweating and working hard for you? And then apparently this AD was fired off a movie previously because he didn't uphold protocol. He broke protocol a number of times and was fired from a movie. Now, I'm all for giving people a second chance. I'm not going to sit here and be judgmental about this AD, whatever happened on a set that you know he just ignored protocols and got fired. I would give an AD a second chance, but if I was going to hire an AD to work on a movie that had firearms or other potentially dangerous stunts, uh, I would think twice about giving him a second opportunity on this movie. Now, you know, if you're directing a, or producing and directing a rom-com or a comedy or something that doesn't have stunts and doesn't have firearms and you want to give this AD who got fired a second shot, then this would be the perfect movie to do it. I don't know. We can all sit here and play armchair quarterback, but I can tell you that uh, just being a filmmaker and for you folks, those of you who are filmmakers, when you heard this news, uh, I would think you just kind of stopped doing what you were doing and uh, felt really sad like I did. Whatever God you pray to, 
whatever supreme being you worship, you rely on. And if you don't rely on anyone, just take a moment and just think about Helena Hutchins. She was a mom. She was a wife. She was a female cinematographer, which is a great thing. Need more females behind the camera. The director, Joel Souza. Just think about him for a minute. You know, something like this happens. It's going to follow him for his entire career. And for Mr. Baldwin. Yeah, he's been a pompous ass in the past. You know, he gets in fights with paparazzi and is rude to people. And you may not agree with what he stands for, how he acts. The guy is an amazing actor. And he's he's a human being. And no matter who you are to accidentally kill someone, I, I, don't, I don't know if I could recover from that. And admittedly, I am a fan. I am a fan of his work. And I am shocked and saddened that someone with his experience, as many film sets as he's been on, wearing the hat of producer, that he would let his set go to shit like this, mistreating crew members and not following protocol and allowing so many people access to the firearms and letting crew members go out and shoot beer bottles. But still, what he's going through right now and what he's going to go through for the rest of his life, I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy, truly. Truly heartbreaking for everyone involved. For you people out there who are going to be future producers, and I've talked to three of them already, Colin, Samantha, Al, Al's going to be a producer at some point. And of course, my buddy Ken Edens, he's a producer. I produced The Hike. Your people always have to be number one. You have to take care of your people. Yeah, you, you have a movie to make, but there's no price you can put on human life. And even if you're on a shoot with no firearms, people can still get hurt. Things can happen. So just use your head. And if you're going to produce a film that has a firearm, more than likely, unless if you're in Hollywood, you're not going to have an armorer. You may not even have a prop master. So you are the one in charge of the firearms. You take that firearm and hand it to the actor. You always know where the firearms are, and you keep them locked up in a car, in a trunk, wherever. You know, Craig Zobel, he's a big-time Hollywood director now, you know, buddy of David Gordon Green. I've talked about him. He was nominated for Mayor of Easttown. He tweeted the other day that there should be no blank guns on sets anymore, that it should all be CGI. Now, what he means by that is put the cartridge in a blank gun. You pull the trigger. It makes a big noise and there's fire that comes out of the barrel. So what Craig is saying that the firearms on a set, there should be no no ammunition for them. No cartridges that spit out fire when you pull the trigger. There should be no cartridges on set. If you want the gun on set, have the gun on set. And then in post-production, you pay someone to add CGI to the guns when they're firing. So that was his basic tweet. He went on to tweet that on Mayor of Easttown, where there's lots of guns going off, that all of those guns going off were CGI. The actors were actually holding a gun, and they actually pulled the trigger, but there was no cartridge in the blank gun that would emit fire and smoke and make a big boom when the trigger was pulled. And obviously the actor has to pantomime a a recoil. So the actor pulls the trigger and pretends like it's recoiling on them. So, of course, you add the 
fire and you add the smoke in CGI. And then in post sound, you can add the gunshot. Now that's all good and well if you're doing a Hollywood production and you have a CGI department and you have a budget. But if Samantha does a movie, or Colin does a movie, or Al does a movie, or even Ken Edens does a movie, or I do a movie, we don't have a CGI guy on speed dial. Plus, we probably aren't going to have the budget to pay the CGI guy to put in the fire coming from the barrel of the gun. Zobel's all Hollywood now, so whatever. But he's, he's not thinking about independent filmmakers. I'm going to tell you about the hike. I had to buy two handguns because two characters in the hike carry a handgun. So the security guard, played by Luke Peckinpah, and myself. And I got two different kinds of guns because my due diligence told me that law enforcement likes 9mm. And uh, my serial killer, I just went with the old style six-shooter revolver. Kind of looks like a 357 Magnum, but it's a little smaller. But you get the idea. I wanted two different guns for the two characters. The two rifles were for a hunter. The hunter is uh, in the woods with the couple, and he hears gunshots, and our lead actress uh, has a confrontation with the hunter, and the hunter has a rifle. He is hunting on this particular day. My character had a rifle. So my serial killer carried a rifle and a handgun. Now, the two rifles do look pretty much identical, but they are different in size. And that is, uh, that's actually in the script. That one gun would do a lot more damage than the other gun. So they are different caliber rifles, but they, they look alike, actually. And all four of these weapons were in my possession at all times. I handed the rifle to the hunter, played by Michael Hampton. And I handed the handgun, the blank gun, to Luke. And when they were done, they handed the weapons back to me. And I put them back in a safe location. So bottom line was, I was in charge of the weapons. No one else. We didn't have the luxury of having a prop master. I did props. Props was my responsibility. I wore a lot of hats on the hike to save money, to be perfectly honest with you. In film school... I had done every job there is to do on a film set on my fellow classmates' films over a four-year period, so I felt confident that I could do whatever I needed to do. I was the prop master. I was wardrobe. I was production designer. I was location manager. I cast the film. I helped move equipment around, which is a grip. I was AD when I wasn't in a scene. And then when I was in a scene, then I gave the AD job to Rob Thomas, who was actually on the support staff at film school. But that's another story for another podcast. That's a positive for film school. You get to learn all the positions and what they entail. And um, sometimes that can come in handy. And it certainly did for me. So props to film school for that. To be clear, to be crystal clear. The two handguns that I bought for my film, they were blank guns. They're heavy. They're black. They look just like real guns. But they cannot shoot real ammo. They can only shoot blank cartridges that push fire out of the barrel. And they make a big boom like a regular gun. Now, if you were standing close when that blank gun goes off, it could fuck up your hearing. Uh, there is fire and smoke that comes out. So if you're really close, like point blank range, you're going to get burned. So even with a blank gun, you've got to be careful. 
You know, if I ever produce a movie with blank guns, the same rules will apply on my set. Blank gun or real gun, one person is in charge of these guns. One person. Because what if a blank cartridge is in the gun and somebody just picks it up and kind of plays around with it, pulls the trigger? Somebody's going to get hurt. They're not going to get killed, but somebody's going to get hurt. So once again, you know, I, everyone is is saying that real live guns should not be on movie sets anymore. And you know what? I, I totally agree. If people are going to cut corners and allow crew members to take these real guns and, and have a good time with them during the downtime, that's so wrong. Yeah, real guns shouldn't be allowed on a set. And if by some chance you're going to have a real gun on the set, or two or three, dude, they need to be locked up and one person has to be in charge of those firearms. And that person will hand that weapon to the actor only when it's needed on set, period. You know, this is not brain surgery, ladies and gentlemen. Does anybody have fucking common sense? Wow, just amazing. So we come up to the scene where the handgun is fired and my cinematographer and his camera crew, they flat out said no. They didn't want to have anything to do with a blank gun being shot. Now looking back on it now, I totally respect their decision. At the time, I was a little pissed off about it because I spent money on these blank guns. I spent money on the blanks. And if they weren't going to let me shoot them, then I knew it was going to have to be CGI for me. And that's what happened. So they were very adamant about not firing these blanks. They actually kind of freaked out the very first day the rifles were on set. But Luke, who plays the security guard in the hike, Luke has been around guns his entire life. And he assured everyone on the crew there was no ammunition whatsoever in these rifles. Yes, they were real rifles, but there was nothing in the chamber. Pointed up in the air and pulled the trigger. Click, 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 click. And actually, both of them were bolt action. So, you know, you could only fire one shot at a time. They weren't automatics or semi-automatics. So it was the old style bolt. Pull the trigger, pull the bolt. The casing goes flying out. Push the bolt forward. Another bullet moves up into the chamber. They freaked out over that. But after Luke and myself had a chat with them, and they knew that I was the only one who handled the, the weapons, and that Luke inspected them, they allowed them on the set. But they said no to the handgun firing the blank. And it was only one. It was going to be one shot. The camera was probably 30 feet to the side when that gun was supposed to go off. So apparently on uh, this movie Rust with Alec Baldwin, he was sitting in a pew and he was practicing pulling the gun out and he actually pointed it towards the camera. And of course, that's how Helena Hutchins was killed because she was behind the camera and more than likely the director was right next to her. You know, if you're going to have a shot and the gun is pointed right at the camera, man, we see that in movies all the time, don't we? That's rough. So, you know, like I just said, our camera was at like a 45 degree angle from the gun to the side. So that gun was only pointed at Luke's head because Luke was the, the target, his character. So anyway, that's a story of, of our little independent movie that had two blank guns and two real rifles. And that's how I dealt with it. If you remember at the onset of this podcast, I told you that I would tell you about all of my mistakes on the hike and that hopefully you would learn from my mistakes. Well, this was one of them. So when you are crewing up your movie and you're going to have 
firearms on the set, especially if you're going to have a blank gun and you want that blank gun to shoot that blank so you see fire and smoke, please go to your DP, tell him about it, tell him what you want to do and make sure he's good with it. And then ask him to make sure his camera crew are good with it. And if he's not good with it, then plan and act accordingly. Which means if they're not good with it, you're going to have to do it in CGI. You're going to have to pay someone to add the fire and the smoke coming from the gun in post-production. And that's going to add to your budget a lot. See, had I known our cinematographer was going to freak out, I would not have bought blank guns. I would have went to one of my friends who have a handgun and just borrowed a real gun with no ammo and just used it as a prop. And even if you're going to do that, okay it with the cinematographer. And you could actually even go one step further, okay it with everybody who is going to be on the set before you hire them. Let them know what your plans are, what you're going to do. That way you don't have people freaking out on set, people walking off the set, So communication, let everyone know. And yes, the cinematographer did read my script. Remember, he read the script and agreed to do the movie. So what was he thinking? He saw that there were guns. He saw that there was a gunshot. I guess he assumed that it was all going to be CGI, that I was just made from money. I was going to go back, you know, in the backyard to the money tree and just pull off some extra hundred dollar bills. I don't know. But hopefully, you don't find yourself in this situation. And if you do, look, you're going to be able to work out any problems that you have on a set. I have faith in you. But at what cost? It's probably going to cost you money. So you hit that contingency up that's in the budget. There's always a contingency in a budget. And if you have to pay for CGI in post, then you hit that contingency up. But please, dear God, tell everyone before you hire them. And then actually put it in the contract. That's another good point. Put it in the contract for all those involved. They have agreed to be on set when a blank gun is fired. And that should cover your ass. (laughs) You know, as I sit here thinking about what I'm telling you, it's just pissing me off all over again. You know, if if you're going to be a cinematographer, you also have a responsibility. If you read a script from a producer and there are weapons and there are gunshots in your independent movie and you're a cinematographer and you have concerns about that, then talk to the producer. Ask him, what are your plans for this? Are you going to shoot blanks or are are you going to do it all in post? If you're not comfortable with it, then don't take the job. My cinematographer read the script. He knew what was in there. He took the job. And then at the moment when the rifles come out, basically the production just stopped and everyone kind of freaked out. And then when the day came where we were going to shoot the blank. So I had no idea how he felt about this stuff. Now, admittedly, if you guys remember, there was a accident on the set of, uh, I think it was a Greg Allman biopic with William Hurt, where they had a bed set up on a railroad track, and uh, apparently the producers dropped the ball. The producers thought that the train track wasn't being used anymore, and here comes a train, and uh, I, th- I think a PA was killed because everyone took off. Everyone who was was on the railroad tracks took off, and there was a PA that was killed. That happened just a month before we started shooting, maybe a couple of weeks. I can't remember right now, but that was fresh on everyone's mind. And as a matter of fact, before we started shooting, we all held hands and said a little prayer for this person who was killed on the set. 
yes, that was in the back of everyone's mind. But, you know, why didn't he come to me and ask me my plans for this handgun going off? Hey, Dave, is this going to be in post or are we going to shoot a blank? You know what my bottom line recommendation would be? You talk to the cinematographer before you hire him. You know, obviously the cinematographer is going to read the script. Obviously, if there's gunshots involved, he's going to read in the script that there are gunshots involved. My next movie, that's the way I'm going to do it. I will send the cinematographer the script if they like it. Then at our meeting, before I hire him, I will point blank ask him how he feels about the gunshots and the firearms. And then it's up to you. You know, if you have two equally talented cinematographers and one of them is not comfortable with a blank gun going off and the other one is, it's your decision which one you want to hire. You know, in my case, I told you this was a Hollywood cinematographer. I wasn't going to get much better than this. So I probably still would have hired him and just did the CGI thing. But it would have been nice to have known ahead of time, right? Duh. So that's going to be something you're going to have to weigh as a producer when you hire a cinematographer and a camera crew. Good luck. I know you'll make the right decision. You know, it just makes sense that the least amount of people who handle a firearm is the safest thing. So to my brethren out there, if you're going to do a movie with firearms, put them in your possession at all times. And if you're lucky enough to work on a Hollywood movie and you have an armorer, then trust the armorer to do, to do their job. But, you know, I, I, I would tell the armorer, you hand this gun to the actor. You don't give it to the AD and then the AD gives it to the actor. Unless if that's a union thing, I don't know. Because, you know, unions, you have a job and you can't go outside those perimeters. It's a no-no. So maybe armorers can't do that. Hell, who knows, man? Maybe Baldwin didn't want to deal with a armorer. Maybe he's one of those cats who uh, don't look at me and don't talk to me. I don't know. But anyway, <sighs> it's sad. I hope nothing like this ever happens to me or you. But most accidents are preventable. This one was definitely preventable. And that's the sad part. We'll be back next week to uh, finish up on Act 1 and go into Act 2. Peace and love to you all, and free Britney.